Hello there, and welcome to Women's Masturbate. Today we will be talking about women's well-being, and as per usual, it's me, Sarah, and I'm joined here by Leanne. Hi. Let's get started. Leanne, what do you do on a daily basis for your well-being? My well-being practice mainly consists of getting up first thing in the morning um, and doing some kind of breathing exercise, usually conscious breathing, simple just breathing in, being aware of my breath in, being aware of my breath out, just checking in with my body and then doing some kind of movement meditation. Rather, I prefer movement meditation rather than just sitting still. I think I'm, I find that when I'm just sitting still, I tend, my mind tends to wander. And I find that's kind of a, a lot of women are like that. I don't know if you yeah, found that. Yeah, it's very, very masculine, isn't it? It's the kind of Buddhist monks. That's where it comes from, I think. And they would sit for hours, but us women are more fluid. And I think moving is easier. Or doing something like yoga nidra, where you're lying down on the ground. It's yeah. often easier to achieve the same thing. Yeah. And movement meditation could, you know, doesn't have, just have to be dance. It can be that you're walking, or um, even, you know, if you're doing the dishes or anything, really, that you're you, I being present. Kind of, yeah, it's yeah. more kind of mindfulness, I suppose, in some ways. But yeah, it's just keeping the brain focused. Mm. So yeah, I do a bit of that, and that kind of grounds me and keeps me focused and gives me clarity for the day, and then. I also, if I've got a lot of my mind, I like to write it down, get it out onto paper. So doing some journaling, I have a book. I just scribble and try and get sort of three pages of writing, just anything. And even if there's stuff that, if I can't, if I feel like I'm a bit anxious and there's something that needs to come out, but I can't really tap into it, I'll just start writing. I'm just writing for the sake of it, just to get the, my kind of brain going. And then I like to exercise and I'm, I'm a bit of a CV queen, so I like to pound it and sweat it out. Cardiovascular, for those that don't know. Yeah, so I, I cycle and run and swim. Um, yeah, so that's... And those are the things that I've, are really important. There's lots of other bits and pieces that I do, but those are kind of my daily practices that keep me and my mental health fit. My body, physical and emotional and mental well-being, all good. So, yeah, what about you? So, I practice a lot of yoga Uh, I'm a yoga teacher and um, as I've got older I'm my yoga has become more and more kind of slow and meditative Um, I particularly like yin yoga um, but I do some other kind of strong practices as well and I practice yoga nidra so yoga nidra is you know well you can do it sitting up but I generally lie down and um it really gets me into a very relaxed kind of easy state um, and so that's the the main things I walk a lot in nature um, and I do walk up hills um, but I don't do hot sweaty exercise generally although walking up hills can be hot and sweaty and so, some of my yoga practices can be um, but it all depends Leanne and I often have this discussion because it's all about body type so Leanne's body type uh, really responds well to kind of lo- a kind of high intensity exercise, whereas my body type um, is better at kind of walking and doing yoga and 
kind of getting the strength, but the the cardio from the walking. Um, we still haven't done any weights. We keep saying we're going to do weights. I know. I think we both benefit from that. I know. I have done weights, so I have done weights, and I've tried doing weights with with William, but he tries to get me to do really heavy weights. Anyway, I use body weight. It's good yeah. enough. It's good enough. Yeah. Yeah. So that's what we do in a nutshell. So let's now talk about when in your life you have used your skills and knowledge um, on about well-being and rituals that you can do when you're feeling at your lowest. So obviously that those things can be different for different people, but can you tell us one time in your life which was like your lowest point where you came into your own with all your skills? Um, yeah, absolutely. The, that's that's uh, got to be when my um, husband just suddenly said that he was leaving. Literally, um, we were, as far as I was concerned, we were in a really good place. And then he left um, to go away for the weekend on the Friday and came back on the Monday and was very absent. And basically by the Thursday, he told me that that was it. He didn't love me anymore and that he was leaving. And it transpires that he was actually with somebody else. But um, yeah, I didn't eat for three weeks. And when he first told me, I just kind of went into some kind of shock. I've never really experienced it. My, it felt like my whole life was going to end. And I just remember just crying and just feeling like, what you know, what was the point in living? I mean, it sounds completely dramatic because obviously it's just one person leaving your life. But it just felt like everything. We had so much together and it was, you know, a massive ending. Including four children. Including four children, yeah. I remember seeing you that day and you were just, it was unbelievable. It was almost quite frightening because you were, you were like, you know, almost like in a kind of an, a state of animal, like yeah. just howling. And I remember your sister almost as upset as you. Yeah. And, um, but that was, you know, I went into that place. That was part of it. You know, the, yeah. the, the skills that I had learned was to, to really allow myself to really feel all mm. the emotions and just, it is, yeah, like you said, becoming quite animal and just letting it all out. Mm. I just really wanted to just... Or I wasn't really conscious of the fact that I was on the process of processing. But I think having learnt all the things that I'd learnt, I was really able to just start letting it go. And then once that, you know, the initial um, emotions... Well, the just, shock, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, the shock, really, yeah. Once I kind of started to get on top of that... Um, I just then felt totally overwhelmed. And so what I started doing then was a technique that I work a lot with people who have going, gone through traumatic experiences or, you know, they're feeling overwhelmed. Is just start um, labelling all the emotions that you're feeling. So I just would sit there and say, right, so what is it I'm feeling? Breathe into the body and then just write them down. So sort of sadness, anger, resentment, abandonment, rejection, loneliness, all those kind of things, which a lot of them were negative, but then suddenly other things started coming out, like the actual the kind of relief, um, which it was weird at the beginning, because you think, but I was in love with this person. And then you start to see that maybe, you know, there were things that were not quite right about the relationship. And now that that had been taken away, there was definitely a big sense of relief and a, a sense of almost excitement and a sense of you know new beginnings and all these other things start coming in although there was still a lot of sadness and other things there you start to really see that and I think if you don't label them it's all just a big feeling of overwhelm and you don't really start to get to the 
you know, see it, start moving on and processing that. And then other things that really helped was um, dancing, because I think it's easy to kind of go into a state of shock and just become very still, not moving, whereas emotions need movement. Some people say sort of emotion is energy in motion. And dance is beautiful for that because you just feel into the body and just move. And I used to feel so much better after even just sort of 10, 15 minutes of just dancing and stretching the body and moving around. Well, it's like animals, you know, yeah. if, a, you know, a, some, something's been chased, an animal's been chased, then, you know, five minutes afterwards, they're happily grazing again because they just shake yeah. and just shake it all off. And then they're OK again, aren't they? Absolutely. Yeah. So what other things did you... So you labelled all your emotions, yeah. which I think is, I'm going to use that, that's really good. In fact, that's a good one to use with kids as well. Yeah, definitely. And um, and the dancing. And I remember you posting some amazing videos of you dancing in the woods. Yeah. Which was very inspirational. I enjoyed that. What, so what other things um, did you use um, out of your toolkit? To still have some kind of routine... So I still carried on working. I still carried on looking after the kids. And I know, you know, for some people that go through trauma and stuff, this, it's, it's too much. But if there's any possible, you can hang on to any kind of reality and real life. Um, but still allowing time to surrender and give yourself the space to cry and, you know, process your emotions. But the, having the balance. And, um, yeah, even... You know, we went through, we were going through similar stuff, weren't we, when mm. my husband left and then your um, your aunt, who was you were very close to, suddenly yeah. passed. Yeah, at a really young age. Yeah. Big shock. Yeah, and yeah, we had an event, a women's wellbeing event, actually, wasn't it, that mm. we were running? Literally, like, six days later, and I flew back from Spain, and I was like, Leanne, we've got to cancel, I can't do it. And you were like, no, we can do it, we can do it. Yeah, and we did, and, and we it did. was, it and was it was fine. amazing, and yeah, it is, it is exhausting doing these things, but at the same yeah. time, there's a sense of life does carry on, and yeah, I think yeah, that's yeah. the Definitely. hard bit when you go through something, you think that's it, the end. How is yeah, life yeah, ever yeah. going to be okay again? Yeah. But when you get glimpses that actually life, yeah, will and carry it's on. actually good to slightly distract <coughs> yourself as well, isn't it? Yeah, definitely. Um, and I think I definitely needed. Um, just to, someone just to say no just do it and actually I had a good night's sleep and yeah it was fine wasn't it absolutely yeah Hello. oh shit fuck is it still recording yeah um have learned or well so do you wish me, that you'd had them yeah so it's probably more a wish I had them because I've built up the skills since the traumatic event um, so I um, got pregnant with my third child and was really ill the entire pregnancy. Um, and to cut a long story short, I had preeclampsia really badly and um, I had to have an emergency caesarean literally out of the blue at 29 weeks because the baby was um, not receiving anything through the placenta anymore and it was a kind of a blue light whip the baby out moment and uh, and I wasn't expecting it and I'd never really had any major medical things going on in my life so and I was young so it was a huge trauma and I don't think I moved for about four days I just lay staring at the 
at the wall and I didn't see anyone and I was in terrible state. I didn't see the baby. Um, anyway, eventually, um, obviously after three months, we came home and, you know, it was stressful because this tiny, less than two pound baby came home that needed feeding every two hours. Um, and so it was really stressful. And it turns out... Plus um, you've got two other kids to take care yeah, of. Yeah, two other small children under the age of five as well. Um, and a husband that worked away. Um, so I ha you know, had a huge amount of stress in my life. Um, and then... Um, and having three kids on your own with no one around, I tell you, I, I don't know how people do it. I mean, I had help at the weekends, but it was really tough. Um, and then as that child grew up, um, we realised that there was something a little bit different about her. She was quite challenging behaviour. Um, and, and she was very stressed out all the time. And I, I really felt that I needed to learn the skills to help her mm. um, lead a more, you know, a better life. So, is that how you got into yoga then? Yeah. So I mm. always pra kind of practised yoga. And I remember thinking, God, I feel great afterwards. Why is that? Why do I feel so great after so balanced and everything else? So... I decided to um, train as a yoga teacher probably about, I don't know, eight years ago now. Um, and I did a 500-hour course with an amazing woman called Sheila Coombs, um, who lives near Totnes. And she really taught me so many skills which I could use. In initially, I was, I was thinking, obviously, for my daughter, but actually, you know, for myself as well. So that's when I really started. I got into chanting, which for me is incredible. I got into yoga nidra um, and I'm actually now gonna I'm studying more with more in more depth um, with Uma Tinsmore and Neuralipta Thule Tinsmore, Dinsmore who are experts in the field because I think yoga nidra is brilliant so how does depth. it how does it differ from other types of yoga well, so yoga nidra is that deep relaxation. So you're, you're lying down, or you can sit up as well, and it gets your brain into that deep meditative state relatively quickly. Um, is that through movement, or no, what is it you're doing? No, you're, you're, so you're being guided. I mean, eventually you can do it yourself, but you're being guided by the teacher. So pairs of opposites, rotation of consciousness. So your mind is being kept busy with travelling around the body, um, which then allows you to go into this deep kind of relaxation state. Is it something you can do on your own or do you have to have a teacher then? Um, so you can do it on your own by following a um, recording. Mm -hmm. um, but it's obviously fabulous to practice with people around you mm -hmm. and to have a teacher that really knows what they're doing, which is why I'm doing a deeper training in it. Um, it's a month-long course um, every day, you know, every day... Um, learning kind of the deeper practices because people think that yoga nidra just came from kind of india but actually there's a whole there's other lineages to it so i'm learning about that um you know as we speak which is great hmm. um yoga chanting meditation so my journey meditation is difficult for me because i have adhd so it's really good for me but it's difficult to actually sit still um so with yoga nidra, because I'm lying down on the floor, it kind of it, it's similar to meditation. You, you get into the same state. Um, yeah. And, and also, you use this with your daughter? No, but she has just agreed, because I kind of said that I needed her to be a guinea, guinea pig. So when she was younger, we used to do 
relaxation for children, so kind of relaxing stories. Mm-hmm. Um, and she'd list her, listen to recordings every night, and it was brilliant. But since she's become a teenager, she's not doing that. But she has agreed to be my guinea pig because she thinks, you know, so I'm hoping that will be really good to relax her. Um, and the other thing that I have learned is to really take time for myself. Yeah. So not be too busy, not have too many things going on. Um, and, you know, luckily I don't have to work a lot of hours. So. And do you have any guilt around that? Because that's what I found is with lots of women that they, um, you know, they're trying to do so many things and there's so much guilt around taking time for themselves yeah. and self-care. Yeah, I mean, the other day I um, did a yoga class with a, an amazing Vietnamese teacher. So it was over Zoom. And, and she was in Vietnam and there's all these people from over the world and it was 8 o'clock in the morning well at that time my daughter was going to be picked up at 9 to go to her special school the shopping was going to be being delivered and the rubbish needed to be put out all of that time and so I felt I, I was not that relaxed because I felt really guilty but I know mm. that my husband really wanted me to do it because it, you know I don't do you know it's twice a week I do something that has to be at that time um, but I felt, you know, really guilty that he had, you know, he's working many more hours than me. And uh, that he had, because men, well, my husband, it's difficult for him to deal with four things at once. Yeah. Whereas I just do that naturally. Well, I've got ADHD, so it's a bit <laughs> of a blessing, really. I can do a hundred things at once. Um, yeah, so I felt really guilty. But I don't have a lot of guilt around, no, my, my kids can wait, you know. They get food. Yeah. They have freedom. Um so I, I'm not like many women who don't take time for themselves. I yeah. really do. I think also I find that, um, and I'm definitely one of, one of these women, that um, I don't really s- value enough my role as a mother and actually how much it takes out of me and how much there is to do. Because, you know, to care for your kids is such a natural thing. You just do it. But you don't always kind of appreciate actually how much you're doing for other people all the time and so actually how important it is to spend time looking after yourself Mm. and allowing yourself time to just switch off or do whatever it is that you need to do without the guilt yeah but also though for me I I think the biggest thing we can do for our children is to make them as independent as possible from an earlier the earliest age Mm. So, you know, my kids, you know, when they hit 14, not my daughter, because, you know, it's a little bit different, but um, my two sons, from the age of 14, they're doing their own washing. Yeah. Um, sometimes, when I see it piling up, I, I do take pity on them, <laughs> or if they're really busy. Intervene. But they have to cook, um, all of them have to cook, uh, and things like that, so that does help. Yeah. So last night, when I was um, at my women's circle, which was slightly earlier... And I was going to eat before, but it was just too early and I wasn't hungry. You know, one of my children cooked. Yeah. And um, and I think that's really important. But it's not as easy as it sounds because, you know, I've, I'm begging people to do gardening and yeah. no one wants to. Yeah. And they're, you know, too busy with their own stuff. But um, See, I still, I still have guilt even asking my kids to do things. I'm kind of like, you know, oh, they're kids and they only get one chance at being kids. And, and I do, I totally do also see the um, benefits and actually how important it is that they learn to take responsibility for themselves but yeah there's a part of me and there's also part of me that kind of enjoys the um, the fact that they need me so much but then it's easy to become resentful 
I think it's just a bit of a complicated thing. It's this, this kind of love-hate relationship between wanting to be there for them, but also wanting to have time to myself and, and also, yeah, valuing that actually that, that it is a job, you know, on some level, that there is, an, you know, as I'm not with my husband now, it's kind of a bit easier, but I, I did have, you know, if he'd been at work all day and I hadn't had so much work, even though I might not have been making a lot of money that day, I would have been constantly busy. But it was always he got home, I'd make sure the food was cooked and, you know, the clothes are washed and all, all the cleaning's done and, you know, everything, I did everything, basically. And um, because it's kind of seeing the value equally, just because a job is paid, it feels like it's more value than if a job isn't paid, even though being a mum is a job. Yeah, no, and I have I have the same thing. So... I earn an absolute pittance compared to my husband and uh, and also I'm often you know working for free because I have certain groups of individuals that I don't want to charge because, you know for whatever reason and um, but I feel that my job on earth is to spread yoga to as many people as I can whether they can pay me or not and I get great feel of um, joy from helping people and so but you know often that means that when I'm teaching my husband then has to help with my daughter and he earns like a huge amount more than me so by taking him away from his job with the job where I'm hardly earning anything does seem a bit daft sometimes but I really really enjoy what I do and um and he and he I think is okay with that um, but I do, he, you know, sometimes if he's really busy and he, you know, he, he's the person that pays the mortgage and pays the shopping bills and, yeah. you know. And it's, you know, I mean, it just is the way that, you know, the world works. Money is, you know, what everybody needs, unfortunately. Oh. But it's, it is, it's, a, it's such a shame because we, I think every human being is born with amazing gifts and some of those gifts are just not valued as much as others yeah. because they don't make money in, in society. I mean... You know, we're getting off subject, get off topic a bit, but it's just got to look at like footballers and actors and the highest mm. paid people some mm. in society. Some, some actors. Some actors, yeah. <laughs> yeah. But you know, producers and people that yeah. are um, in the entertainment business and yeah. pop stars, and yet they actually are not the ones that probably hold society together. And those people no. get paid hardly anything. But it's just the way it's just the way the world works. Yeah. Although I think Netflix is pretty cool. I mean, you know, <laughs> that's kept me entertained for a few months in uh, Oh, lockdown. yeah, definitely. I'm going to dial in Fran now, who's going to talk to us a little bit about her well-being. Morning, Fran. Oh, hello. How are you, Sarah? I'm good. How are you? Yes, I'm very well. Got my honey and lemon tea ready. Excellent. So, during this podcast, we are talking about well-being um and the things that we do to make ourselves feel better how we got into well-being so my first question to you is when did you kind of get into self-care and well-being and when did you like discover it as a as a thing okay i guess growing up um i've always kind of took pride in myself and um 
I had a little bit of it. My mother used to always say to me when I first got married, she says, never let yourself go. You know, always put your makeup on and your hair done when your husband comes home. And even if, if it takes you ages to, to get yourself sorted when you have children. And I guess that was just her timing and her, um, at the age that she was and, and the housewife that she was. But it always kind of stuck with me. And so in that principle, I always took pride in, and tried to keep on top of myself. And then obviously life kind of, gets hold of you and you our age group are more working full-time mums and uh, and yeah. you can everything just gets swept away with you but I always kind of had that concept in my mind and you know I, I carried that through and then as the children got older and the, you know you how, how we make that for example you know you the, the the school and you're working full-time and the hobbies grow and grow and grow and eventually end up being something more serious you're running around like a a loony and it's getting a little bit stressful yeah I mean I remember seeing you asleep in your car outside Italia Conti <laughs> oh, yeah yeah and well you're now saying something that I haven't even thought of until you've just reminded me you know I literally even though I was working there'd be times when I'd be home before the school run and I'd be packing um food up to be able to take to them to the two different hobbies that they were doing and I'd literally have a 20 minute snooze on the sofa so they've got some energy to, to get going again and um, oh because we're late at night you know and like you say sleeping in the car in between <gasps> gosh and then so yeah those sort of times were difficult and you probably weren't looking after yourself as much as you should have been doing um, and looking back I really don't know how, how we managed it but we did no. and, it was great. Um, and then I probably hit a wall I'd say about um four years ago maybe and that was a work it was a looking back now I know it was workload it was probably an empty nest transition and um menopause perimenopause all, all at once um that I didn't realize until later on um you know where your coping me mechanisms start to change and mm. um and then you're dealing with oh crack you know even though it was great them leaving home, home and being really self-sufficient um what does Fran do now because rightly or wrongly you know you, you do give your children opportunities and they're there first and and you, looking back that's that's all I kind of did as well as working and all the rest of it and, and keeping mm. it home so that kind of hit hit a wall and and although and I, I always indulge don't get me wrong I, I love shutting the door and having a bath with the candles on and I'd be the first to look after my skin and take care and all in everything but I found I needed a little bit more and I'm not sure what it was um at the time and then out of the blue, I came across, um, I can't even remember how, it might have been on Facebook or I might have seen something on TV, um, morning TV, because I had a little bit more time on my hands then. Um, <laughs> about two years ago, 18 months, two years ago, um, a lady called Sally B. And I'd never really seen her on TV before, but I started to learn a bit more about her. And you might not have heard of her, but she's no. a TV chef, um, oh. which was the one this morning and um, GMTV back in the day. And her story was, she's, she's early 50s, um, and her story was um, she'd had five heart attacks, um, three when she was 36 and another two in 2016. And um, she was quite captivating, and I was really interested in, in what she was saying. And basically, because the story is quite big, but to cut a long story short, the doctors had said that due to the fact that she had a healthy lifestyle and a mindset, her body had helped to survive. Um, and her motto was she didn't suffer five heart attacks, she survived five heart attacks. Um, 
but constantly was living with this impending doom clearly because they kept happening yeah um, yeah yeah three children um and obviously a career etc so um she really struck a chord with me and she was talking about how she she chosen to start living a positive happy life through good food thoughts and movement and so I thought oh I really find her interesting so she got a Facebook page and I started following her and she did start um of um to encourage mainly women but men were invited as well to become the best you so being the best you um and I thought right this is what I need you know I wasn't overweight I just was you know I took my my shape for granted you know I was quite you'd go in my car and I literally would have packets of crisps and and uh, chocolate wrappers there especially when I was running around with the girls yeah um, yeah I'm like that but it doesn't make you feel good does it as in I don't no, get really fat but I just it makes me feel a bit rubbish awful, <laughs> yeah and and you know you don't tune into that at all no at all. so what I decided to do I was coming up um it was 18 months before I was turning 50 and I thought right this is it this is the reason I want to be fit at 50. Um, I want to be the best possible me for the second half of my life, you know, because it it was at that transition, you know, I'd, I'd you know, me and Gary met when I was 15 and he was 19 and um, we've been together, we've just had our 30th wedding anniversary and wow. children, two girls, and we've enjoyed every single minute of it. And then the transition from, you know, them leaving home to, to um, being us two again and and work wise and every it just seemed the ideal time, um, so that's what I decided to do. And I thought the reason I'm doing it is because for the second half of my life, if in my sixties or seventies I come across any illnesses, I'm in the best possible place I could be to fight it or get get over it quickly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I started to follow Sally a lot more and implement a lot of the being the best you. Um, principles uh, a lot of it some of it was common sense to me that I already did but some uh, the food side of it was massive um, for me and how it made me feel um, and some of the little tips you know when you find yourself about overthinking and um, and just putting things into perspective a little bit more um, but but she, she really she was the one that kind of started me thinking about how I looked after myself more mind body and soul rather than fantastic just, yeah, it was it was really interesting. So you know, the mind the mind is obviously based on the emotion. The body was more about the food and the physical sides of it, and the food that supported you. And then the soul again, more emotional and things that how how it makes you feel and how you cope with certain coping mechanisms. And you're allowed to have days where you might have a wobble or you have more positive days. And um, so things That's on brilliant. the inside, yeah, and things on the outside, like you know, obviously the food that you eat and how you think and the movement. You know, it wasn't about um, doing weights and going for long runs. It was about just small movements. Walking, yeah, yeah, yeah. And yoga, which yoga, obviously, I've done yoga on and off for quite for about fifteen years, and uh, some yeah. are more than others. Um, and I really find that that quite amazing. Um, and the positivity, think little things like have a positivity shower every morning, you know, so that you might wake up feeling, oh, what's today going to bring, or how do I feel? And you literally get in the shower and you stand underneath the shower and you just imagine it washing any negativity away. And so there were all little bits of things that I kind of picked up and started thinking a lot more about about the well-being. 
Um, God, I love that. So many kind of like little ideas there. Yeah. And then I, I just want to get on to my next question for you, which um, I mean, I obviously know you quite well, um, yeah. but our listeners don't. So my next question kind of leads on quite nicely. So when in your life did you need it most and what things do you now do to look after yourself? Because obviously things have changed dramatically for you in the last few months. They have, they have. So um, being fit at 50, I did it. Um, I was 15 September last year. Um, a side effect of um, being the best you and all the food principles and the movement was I lost a stone in weight, which was great. You know, I felt fantastic. I looked great. Um, I really got to this target that I wanted to get to. Um, even though I didn't feel I needed that, that was just an added bonus that I'd lost a little bit of weight. Um, and then in, well, little did I know four months later that um, five days before lockdown, um, I was diagnosed with breast cancer. Um, but there was probably, um, Never a moment that, don't get me wrong, when, when you're given that news, it's kind of, hang on a minute, let, let just just let me get my head around this. <laughs> um, yeah. And how, how, how this is going to affect me and, and et cetera. But yeah, so six months after my 50th birthday, um, I was diagnosed with breast cancer, five days before lockdown. Um, but I didn't have any day that I couldn't do it. Um, you know, b- before... Probably before, if I hadn't have done the last 18 months of work on myself of well-being and self-care and how I was eating, then maybe my mindset would have been in a totally different place and I might not have been as positive as, it, as I have been. Um, so I felt quite strong um, that my body would be able to go through whatever it was going to go through. Um, and you know, I'm really pleased to say that you know I had a successful surgery. Um, I am in the middle of chemotherapy while I've got two more to go and a little bit of radiotherapy. Um, But the other things that um, came along during that time, um, which might lead on to another question, I'm not too sure, was more about how, what other things did I do within these last few months for more wellbeing um, and to help me get through this. Yeah, and also one of the things that I've been really like kind of in, impressed is the wrong word, but kind of inspired by you is the way that when you, you've you had your treatment and you feel really shit for you for a few days, you're just like, I feel really shit for a few days. But then as soon yeah. as you, you, you just let that happen. And then when you're feeling better, you're like, right, today I'm feeling really good. Okay, we're going to do, we're, we're going to do this, that and the other. And And I think that's so good that you're kind of, really in tune with what your body's feeling yeah um, you know and and also such a positive I mean there's ne- never have I heard you um say anything you know you 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 your, your body knows and you know that you are going to get better yeah um, and it's an absolute conviction um mm-hmm. and I think it makes you feel so strong as you know obviously you have days where you feel really shit but yeah, yeah, and you've to, you've to let them happen. I think the first the first round was a bit of a shock to the system, and then but once I knew what it what it was all about, you and how long it's gonna. <laughs> I live with a, my husband's into IT, and I have a cracking spreadsheet. <laughs> um, we write all the symptoms down and and uh, how it's gonna be. So it gave me a lot of confidence that when it came round to round two, I know that those days I'll probably feel like this. 
but after that, you know, every three weeks I have the treatment and I probably know that for a week I'm not great, but for two weeks after that I feel really good. And in between, yeah. it, it's what I do in between to help me feel good. And food is, is one thing because there's times where you can't get food down, but then the minute you can, you've got to really start. Water yeah. is incredible, incredible. But movement, you know, obviously me and you have been working three yeah. times a week, if not more, um, just doing gentle um yoga and meditation and yeah oh, the meditation so i decided to look more into meditation um which i've done a little bit within yoga but nothing serious uh, yeah. so i knew i was going in for surgery before beforehand i thought oh I'll just so I, I downloaded the car map um and um started to do a 30-day meditation course which was just learning about it a lot more and understanding you know the, the nothing is wrong and little techniques just to bring you back in and and without fail i've done it i've done one every day obviously we we work together which the work that you've done with with me is incredible absolutely incredible um to calm me to get things moving uh these days you know when i've had we've done it in bed when i've just been led in bed. <laughs> yeah we've done yoga nidra i mean yeah. obviously yoga nidra is a form of meditation um but yeah when you are in bed that is just a way to just travel around the body isn't it without having to move that's right and when you're having treatments such as chemotherapy it's important to to move it's important to clear the body as quick as you can and to keep it moving um yeah yeah and, and it, it is amazing isn't it how we've gone from doing one in the bed one week to the week after we're doing doing sun salutations yeah yeah it's fantastic yeah yeah, no, and it's it's been really good actually, and it's it's you know obviously it's been good for the people doing doing the yoga, but also as a yoga teacher because I have taught people with cancer before, and I've always been really um, careful because I'm like oh god I don't want to make it worse, and actually no, of course people know their own bodies, mm. people know their own bodies. I just needed to relax a bit and just have to trust the students. Yeah. Um, and obviously, I know that with uh, the people doing this for people that don't obviously don't know, people in this group have different diagnoses, so different types of cancer. And I am careful and I give modifications if I think that something may hurt. But that's the whole thing. If it feels comfortable, it's OK. It's OK. But yeah. Um, yeah. No, and I've really enjoyed it as well. You know, I've really yeah. enjoyed it. And it's amazing. There's days when we do it together um, and. I, I come, I come out. I've some these odd days when I've come up in tears because this time is when you've just known exactly how I've been feeling without me saying anything. Um, yeah, yeah, it's harder over Zoom. Let me tell you, it's easier in person. <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> all right. But the other side of it is, you know, obviously there's a lot. There can be anxiety um, involved yeah. in, in this sort of a situation, and yeah. one thing anxiety can do is kind of take over, take over your body and and move things out of, in, out of perspective a little bit. And yeah. through the meditation and the, the yoga nidra, it calms everything. You know, the breath, yeah. the breath, I've kind of, I've used the breathing techniques so many times, whether that's yeah. before an appointment, when I'm sat in the waiting room, when I'm going over surgery, when I just need to get to sleep. Sleep is, you know, luckily I've, I've slept really well throughout it all. It's probably um, all those lovely sleep stories. Probably, yeah. But you, again, you know, you don't want the anxiety. You want a little bit. You, you know, don't be, don't be daft. You know, this is a difficult time that you're going through, but you don't want it to consume you and and no. take over your immune system. So, you know, that has been another, I think, side effect, a uh, positive side effect of 
been doing meditation in the yoga nidra that it reduced yeah. the anxiety and and you know whatever you think in your mind is always worse than 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 in reality and and yeah. trying to clean your brain a, a lot more but yeah yeah brilliant well it's been a delight chatting to you fran well, and thank you. Uh, and uh good luck with the rest of your treatment but You have been listening to Sarah and Leanne on Women's Masturbate. If you like it, please do subscribe.